Hey y'all, it's your girl KC back with another episode of Thriving with a Sprinkle of Depression. And today I am excited to have my sister, my blood sister, on here with me, Dr. Kelly Farnell. Welcome, Kelly, to the show. How you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) So, today's episode is about um, family suffering in silence. And I thought it'd be fitting to have my older sister on here to just talk about all the things, family, and how we feel about just keeping things to ourselves. And I think that we've equally individually gone through certain things on our own that just we felt like we needed to keep hidden or captured or even family members of ours that have um, kept certain things and we just felt like it might do just to speak about it on today. So I want to start this conversation off by asking you, sis, Mm-hmm. to you does suffering in silence mean um I think it depends on the individual um, mm-hmm. most times it can it tends to be based on fear um, based on my own experience and, and hearing other people it's sometimes fear mm-hmm. um, of, of letting other people down or, or being embarrassed mm-hmm. to you know, talk to other yeah. people and not even knowing that sometimes somebody else might understand what you're going through, but you just feel like embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's just the commonality, the fear of it all, un- unleashing the vulnerability of it, the vulnerable piece of you, because you're just like, I don't know, do I need to tell them or even you know I would go as deep as to say sometimes it's not wanting to put that burden on the other person right sometimes Mm -hmm. you want to just hold it in and be like I'm I got this I'm gonna hold this in I'm gonna take care of whatever it is I need to take care of even if I'm literally like just to think of the word suffer it just sounds so agonizing like you're literally in pain because of the desire to not put or place the burden on someone else, right? So yeah, um, especially now when mm-hmm. in this time where people are going through a lot of things, every mm-hmm. person has something. You know, people are without pay, low pay. They have their own issue going on. So when you have an issue, who can you go to when somebody else has their own thing going on? You don't yeah. want to add, like you said, you don't want to add that extra burden on to someone that already has their own burdens. Absolutely. And I'm sure you as a healthcare professional, you know, with everything that has gone on in the world in the last, what, two to three years, it's been tough. People have been going through COVID, you know, losing people. You guys as just healthcare professionals seeing all of the things that you see, then having to go back home to your families and just be like, yeah, I'm good, you know. How many times have you heard that phrase, you know, I'm good and not feel confident in that phrase? It's it's hard to believe. I know 
just as your sister, I I know how much you definitely have sent us articles about like COVID and Corona and all the things that are going on. I can only imagine what was really manifesting in your mind, in your spirit, just the anxiousness that was going on. So you probably weren't even telling us like half of the things that were going on in your mind or just the worries that were going on on a daily basis. I can yeah, even, imagine. Even COVID aside, just like being on rounds and um, people, when people think of young people, especially older people, they think, oh, they haven't lived. They don't, they haven't had the experiences, but young people experience a lot. They go through a lot. I mean, you may not know it, but they are like being in rounds and, and hearing, you know, social workers having to deal with um, the child of an adult that's in ICU that's having to make a major decision, mm-hmm. and especially if they're the only child. Yeah. And not, I mean, no one, I mean, not everyone has experience with that. So having to deal with making that final decision, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not having the funds to make that final decision, yeah, um, it's a lot, especially when you have no one to you know, lean on. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, people in, in those instances, suffering in silence is, is a great deal um, yeah. in many different circumstances. Yeah, people don't understand how hard it can be to just have to feel like you're alone in that situation. So um, I want to ask, why do you think it's hard to disclose the painful or stressful things to to your family? Um, that's the first question. And the second uh, part of that question is, have you had a hard time with this? Um, two things. The major one we already discussed was the, the burden. Mm-hmm. Um, not having to lay something so heavy on people that you love. Yeah. Um, and having, I don't want to use the word worry, but having to, you know, having that feeling of having had to disclose um, such a heavy thing on someone else. And now that you know that they're worried. Mm. So now you're worried about your own issues and then you're also concerned for other families that are having to worry about um, your issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the experience that I had with that was um, when I had cancer. Um, yeah. My, my first thought was honestly my first thought was trying to figure out how I could go through this without telling anyone because I knew that was going to be a hard thing yeah to um to lay on my mom and my family um because I knew it was going to be hard for them to deal with just as hard as it was going to be for me mm-hmm. so um and then thinking about your own issue at the same time and and, and concern for others their mental health and how mm-hmm. they're handling um, yeah. what you're going through. Definitely, definitely, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic that you say that because I feel like that's such a you response. Like, I feel like I can definitely picture you saying to yourself, okay, how am I going to strategically get through this on my own? Um because I, I, you know, told a lot of my friends, you know, when when we found out that you were you were diagnosed with breast cancer, 
I know that Kelly's probably feeling like she was the doctor of the family and now like see having to have everyone kind of worry I guess about you or be all up in your business for lack of a better term or letting the cancer be the focal point of every single conversation I could just imagine how draining it was for you I I feel like I kind of felt like the protector in a sense like I know my sister's probably going through or feeling way more emotions than she's showing so I kind of just got to be the bulldozer in this and be like she's good you know she's resting or (laughs) you know I you know don't call her right now she's you know she's doing this or you know they text me or she's having to get this done so don't bother her so I can only imagine the feelings and the emotions that you went through at that moment in time so that that response is very fitting I will say (laughs) for you most definitely um so in that moment what do you feel what was what were some of the hardest reactions do you feel like I will say this. So I've learned in therapy that sometimes we make up narratives in our mind that will Mm -hmm. stop us from, I know I do this a lot. (laughs) I do it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It'll stop me from asking a question or going forth with revealing something. I've created this whole narrative Mm -hmm. and in actuality, when I and then when it happens, you're like, oh, that was easy. (laughs) Yeah, it was way easier than what what our minds have you know tricked us into thinking so how does that relate to you did you have a narrative in your mind and then like when it happened was it worse or better than what you thought um i'm trying to think was it it was on my end it appeared better Mm -hmm. um when I think about that, I think specifically about um, um, telling my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I could tell that she was emotional, but she wasn't trying to show it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure how emotional she was mm-hmm. like when I wasn't around. But yeah. it, it, it seemed easier, but I, I kind of knew that it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll say, I'll say, you know, I I remember the day like it was yesterday because you picked me up from the airport and I knew something was off because you were super silent in the car and I didn't want to bring it up. I know you didn't want to bring it up. So I was just like, I'm just going to ask Kemp when, when, when I get home. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember it vividly because I went in the house, you left, you still hadn't said anything. And I went to the room and I said, So what did the doctor say to Kemp? And she's like, Crystal, y'all rolled all the way from the airport and she ain't tell you nothing. And I'm like, No, so what did the doctor say? And she just broke down crying. And I was like, crap, like that. So for me, I was just like, okay. I mean, I get why Kelly didn't tell me, you know, because who wants to be, first of all, you were driving. (laughs) You would have wanted to be like breaking down crying in the middle of the road. And 
I think I feel like, and you answered this question for me. We're just free flowing here, but I feel like you probably were a little bit more nervous to tell me than you were to tell our mom. Um, I think it was about the same. Yeah, because I could at that that point I was still in the why me mode. Like I, yeah. I was in shock. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, that makes more sense. Because I was like, at first, I wanted to be like, why, girl, You, we rode in this car together. You couldn't tell me. Like, I had to come in here and make our mother cry and all, like, bring up whatever. Then I had to kind of step out, out of myself, out of my own emotions and say, Crystal, this is literally happening to your sister. It's not by choice. It's, you know, definitely not out of joy. So um, my first reaction, this is so crazy. I still remember like it was yesterday. I literally, I walked in there, she broke down and I took a moment and then I said, it's going to be all right, Kemp, don't cry. I turned around, walked out of her room. Then I walked outside and I broke down <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I walked outside. I just feel like maybe I needed to be strong for her. So I was like, let me go have my breakdown outside, call who I need to call and just, you know, yell and scream and be mad, suck it all up, go inside and be good. Right. I think it just was, again, a part of that suffering in silence and and feeling like I have to hold on to this burden for my family so that Mm -hmm. I can be strong for them and I think the perception just in life in general with mental health with physical health with emotional health anything you know the perception is to be weak or to be emotional is you know to is the antithesis of being strong when in actuality in your weakness, if we go biblically, you know, God says in our weakness, we depend on him because he's strong. So when we're weak, he's strong for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that 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 thought of just, oh, my God, I'm weak. I'm breaking down. I'm disappointing my family. I'm not being strong. I'm not being, you know, the courageous person that I've been birthed to be. And even, you know, coming from our lovely mother <laughs> I think we both can agree that when we see her cry get emotional it immediately gets to us like it's just like dang camp crying I'm about to just be on this floor like it just does <laughs> something to us because it's just not I don't want to say it's not normal but we just I know for me it's just I know her to be so strong right. and sometimes I hate to even use that because even when she's not strong, like even when she's weak or crying, she's still the strongest woman I know because she's endured so much. And she continues to keep going and keep just going and doing and being and living and thriving. So, um, yeah, I remember that moment in time very vividly. (laughs) It was just, (laughs) It's so clear to me at that moment what and why the things happened and how it reacted. So, um, but we are here today to let the people know that you are how many years? Four years? Three? Yeah, four years. Four Four years. years. 
Next month, actually. Yeah. Next month. This is four years in remission. Cancer, breast cancer free. She's out here thriving. So we're going to do a quick little whoop whoop for Kelly. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was a tough time. It definitely was, I think, a shock to just the whole family. And I think for me, it even became frustrating when the doctors were just like, it's not genetic. It's not this. It's not that. I'm like, dang. So did y'all like put something in her food or something? Like, how the freak did she just happen to just get this? You know? So, um, but we're happy for the testimony that came out of that test, um, for sure. Um, I want to ask outside of this, do you feel like living in your truth now? Like, would it have been easier for you to kind of go through this alone? Do you, or do you feel like having the support of your family, even though it was sometimes tough and sometimes annoying to kind of I remember sometimes you at one time I think you told me you just don't want you and your situation to be the subject of conversation every time you walk into a room and I think we were going somewhere and you just you were thinking about that so do you feel like it was easier or harder um it was definitely it was um I don't want to say easy but it was bearable to have the support system that I had. The thing I think I, I struggle with sometimes even now is not I like the color pink, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. My boss at the time, she was like, I can introduce you to, to someone here at the hospital that has helped you, you know, go through and answer any questions you may have. And she gave me mm-hmm. um, you know, those those uh bracelets those little rubber bracelets uh-huh yeah she, she gave me and i didn't want to be like i didn't want i guess cancer to be me and you to be cancer so i took the bracelet mm-hmm. and I, I threw it in the trunk and i think it's still in the trunk right now <laughs> so, I, so i i so i'm one of those that i i'm not attached to it in that way Mm. do you still you still feel that way currently or is this like a past thought um i think it manifests differently now because mm. okay. i want to to get past it i mean i know mm-hmm. that i'll never forget it because i still have appointments that i go to yeah i don't want to be attached to it like that yeah yeah that's so ironic because similarly with you know my story with mental health and then even with my clients I always tell my clients this is just kind of like my not my pickup line but just like my motto that I say my mantra that I say you know the 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 illness doesn't define you and I think I would even say that to you where you know, or I would say to them, I say the diagnosis doesn't define you, but I would say to you, like the illness doesn't define you. It's the, I remember your first like annual, what was it? The, the kicking it with kicking it, kicking it kicking out, out of the park. Yeah. So, and I think on your cake, we wrote conqueror because that's your story. Your story is not, oh, she had cancer. Your story is she conquered cancer. And I think that is, um, 
just the the basis or the I think the narrative that we all should live in life the your story is not you know the struggle your story is what you conquer you went through this this storm this trial this tribulation but you saw you fought through it and you conquered you won the, you won the the victory you you have the victory so I think that's so ironic that you mentioned that because that is like that's I we I talk about that with my clients all the time and even for me I had to tell myself when I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression you know Crystal this literally is not it's it's not the end for you it's really just the beginning because you're conquering it every single day when you choose to get up you move past it you acknowledge what you're feeling and you're able to say you know what I'm not gonna let this moment define me because it's not gonna take take over my life. So this one time, um, a coworker of mine made a comment saying that I didn't look sick. And when she said that, it kind of bothered me because I definitely felt sick. I, the Not being able to taste what I was eating and mm-hmm. not even not being able to taste it, but just this gross taste and trying to figure out how to cope with the, the side effects of, of chemo. Mm-hmm. And for her to say, oh, you don't look sick. It bothered me until recently. So this was like four years ago. And then recently I went to a funeral for someone who who actually passed away of of breast cancer. And the preacher made a comment that the deceased looked like she was just sleeping and that she didn't look like what she'd been through. And it reminded me of what my coworker said when she said, oh, you don't look sick. And that was just like a whole, it totally flipped my mind because here I was being upset at somebody for saying that I didn't look sick when I definitely felt sick, Mm. when I should have been grateful for the fact that I was still able to get up and go to work and kind of push through each day when you have people that who dealt with chemo and cancer way more harsh than I did. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was walking around letting that bother me when I should have been grateful um, that's, I guess, it's kind of almost one of the examples of suffering and, and silence is being upset and angry yeah. about things that, you know, when you should really be able to look at the the positive, brighter side of, of the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. I should have been ecstatic about that. Yeah. Ooh. Girl, that's a whole word. I don't look like what I'm going through. That is, I mean, I on one hand, I get it because as any person who's, you know, sick or whatever, it, it may bother you. Even if a simple code, they'd be like, oh my God, you look great. Well, I feel like a truck just ran over me. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. But in hindsight you know sometimes it is those moments when life happens and we might be at a funeral or we might be watching someone on their deathbed and it it puts in perspective what we should be appreciating it's like thank god I don't look like what I've been through or I don't look like what I'm going through thank god that I can say that I am here to hear that compliment thank you I appreciate that, like, because I don't feel great, but thank the Lord that I can say that I look 
greater than what's going on on the inside. So, whew, yes, that's a word, girl. That's a word. That's a word. So, um, I don't know. I feel like you read this book. I know why the case for it sings. What? Okay, so first, tell us your perception of that book. It was a it was a movie too, right? I don't know about no movie. Okay, so no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm thinking about our eyes are watching God. Is that a movie? Yeah, yeah, movie? that's a yeah, that's yeah. a movie. Okay, well, I know you read. I know why the case verse. So tell us your perception of that book. Um, we're, to, we're talking about suffering and silence, and mm-hmm. uh, what the main character Maya and who went through it caused her silence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that it hurt that much, and she yeah. feared she feared that much. She had so much fear that it made her silent. Mm-hmm. And I hope to never never have to go through anything like that where where something or someone has hurt me so bad that it makes me silent mm-hmm. yeah sure. can you imagine that's like uh, I guess a volcano mm-hmm. it's like rumbling on the inside yeah that I mean I, her life has been on the outside looking in I mean she's mm-hmm. been going through so much yeah but it has been a blessing to other people. Yeah, for sure. For but sure. But she's suffered a lot in silence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's suffered so much and, and she, you know, she found her outlet, of course, through her words and just mm-hmm. her encouragement. And I show a lot of her just clips and videos and classes that I teach um, to my ladies. And I think one of her her last interviews with Oprah Winfrey, she talked about, um, you know, I think Oprah asked her something like, tell me about wisdom or um, something to that fact. And Maya Angelou just said very eloquently, you know, I'm learning every day and I'm, I'm growing wiser every day. And she said, my, you know, my learning doesn't stop in the moments, which helps me to keep speaking on the things that I learned. And I'm just like, wow, that's so amazing because she's gone, like you said, she's gone through so much in life. And here she is every day, even through, you know, because she was speaking about the things that she had gone through when she was with her mother and how she was kicked out of the house or she left the house and she went back in and her mom like willingly took her back and um she went into saying you know no matter what happens even however many days I have left I'm gonna keep learning I'm gonna keep getting wiser and I'm gonna keep speaking so that other people then are becoming wiser as I become wise and I just thought that was so powerful because, again, when we are suffering in silence or when we choose to just sit in silence, right, we're teaching our younger generation, like, let me suck these tears up and not cry or let me um, not speak on these certain things and hold it in. Let me hold in this, this emotion 
and eventually it's going to turn into a volcano that erupts into just rage and anger and all these different things but um I feel like it's our responsibility and I think this is even a start for you and I really to just say it's okay to speak on the things that feel so difficult to speak on they feel so they feel like such a heavy burden not only on you but on your family members on your friends you have to just kind of I use the phrase process through and not just push through I tell my friends all the time I live life just pushing through but if you process through it becomes easier to say hey this is what I'm going through and it's tough it's hard I'm vulnerable it's uncomfortable but here I am because I don't want to suffer alone in silence so um that's and it's awesome. important to let people know that it's okay to show emotionally. Yeah. Regardless of what your religious belief is. You know, we think that oh you're Christian, so you shouldn't shouldn't cry or you shouldn't yeah. be emotional because you should have faith in God. Yeah. But um, um there are times in the Bible that Jesus definitely showed emotion. Yeah. <laughs> so what makes us think that us as humans can't show in any emotion? For sure. It would hurt not to. It definitely hurts not to. Yeah, and I, uh, back to Maya Angelou, and I was thinking like any time that she has spoken or that we've heard her speak, it's all all most of the time it's been very fruitful. Mm, yeah, and even in hearing other people talk about things they've heard her say or even things that she's done in, in private, like at, at personal settings, it's been like you said something of wisdom. Yeah. So she came out of that moment in silence and, and has brought nothing but to other people. Yes. She's a legend. True and true. Such a legend. Oh, girl. This was good. How are you feeling? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy to have had my sister girl on this episode. I think it was conversations that needed to be had just things that needed to be released and understood on both of our ends you know things that she probably didn't realize or like she said remember from the past but um all in all it's so important to allow your family and your friends a safe space and a safe place to just be vulnerable um ask people how are you feeling today what's going on with you hey let's go out check in you know they say check in on your strong friends check in on all your friends check in on all your people all your family all your loved ones because you never know what door you're opening just by asking one simple question you may be opening the door towards healing and wholeness and happiness so again thank you dr farnell for coming on (laughs) I appreciate you. <laughs> um, as always, y'all stay in love and light. I love y'all. Continue to check in on your mental health. Check in on your friends. And please do not suffer in silence. Find your people. Find your person. And be vulnerable. Be open. Be able to share openly and freely with your loved ones. Until next time, talk to you later.